You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Crippled Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. I want to take a minute to let you know all about a brand new contest put on by my friend, Bello Cipriani, who you heard in episode 114 telling us all about queerness, blindness, and disability. Well, he started a publishing company a while back called Ola Books, and they are committed to amplifying the stories of disabled writers. This year, in partnership with Pen to Paper, an international creative writing competition with the Coalition of Texans with Disabilities, Oleb Books has announced a new award for disabled writers, the Oleb Books Personal Essay Award. For this inaugural award, the team has chosen the theme of disabled parents. Now, I know there are so many disabled parents out there with something to say and a story to tell. What are the challenges of being disabled and raising a kid? What is disabled pregnancy like? Could you be a disabled mom or dad, or neither, or both? And so much more. Winners of this contest will receive $50 and have their essay featured in an anthology published by Oleb Books and be part of a big national marketing campaign. You can enter the contest by heading over to olebbooks.com contests, or you can click on the link in the show notes of today's episode of Disability After Dark. Thanks, friends! Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza Shining a bright light on sex and disability Content Warning The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and I'm your disabled darling, your disabled dicksmith, your crippled content creator, and I'm here to shine a bright light on sex and disability with you for the show today. This one is super fun, and I'm excited to share it with you. So get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and let's get started. Also, disabled people are hot. Let's get started. Just a reminder that I have changed the Patreon feed, so if you want to get this episode one day early before everyone else, and you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as a dollar a month or as much as you can to help keep this show going, and I really, really appreciate it. Just want to make sure I get that change in, and I am done rambling, but let's get started.
Okay, one last short ramble because I want to make sure we get this in there too. And I want to do this all before this episode starts. I want to hear from you about your bad dates with disability, your good dates with disability. I want to do some more Minnesotes and I want to also have you on as a guest. So if you are listening to this and you want to be a guest on the program or you want to submit a Minnesota to the program, send me an email at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and let's get you or your story on the show. I had an idea a few months ago that I wanted to do a different kind of episodes episode rather I was looking for topics to, to do and I was looking for things new content to make the show go and I had an idea about I put something on Twitter a few months ago about bringing non-disabled gay men on the show and asking them about their fears around what if they became disabled tomorrow what if disability became a part of their lives and how would that change their sexuality and how would that change their sense of privilege, and how would that change the way they navigated queerness in their world? And I really wasn't sure how I was going to pull any of this off. I didn't even know if I would be able to contact gay men, gay non-disabled men, or queer non-disabled men who wanted to be a part of this. And I, I just, it was an idea that has been rolling around in my head for a few months, and I wanted to put it out there. So I sent an email to my friends, Mike and Kyle at the Gayish Podcast. I was a guest on their show probably the middle of last year, I think, and I guested on their show talking about disability and queerness and how I like to suck dick, and we had a gay old time, pun definitely intended. And I reached out to them and just said, I want to have you on my show to ask you some questions about disability and, and some questions about what would happen if you became disabled tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to read you the email that I sent to them so you get the context of why I want them on the show. So hold tight, I'm going to get that email. Okay, so I found the email, and the and reading this email is also how I fill time before I get to the interview, so that's kind of what's happening here. This is a little bit of, this is a little bit of filler, but here it is. I said, hi Kyle Michael, I wanted to float an episode collab between you two to appear on my show, Disability After Dark. I want to do an episode that explores talking to able-bodied gay men about what they would lose or be afraid of losing if they became disabled tomorrow. How would their sex change? What might they miss? What might they gain? I have a great rapport and trust with you two and wanted to offer you the spots first. I know given your senses of humor and the fact that you're not, not afraid to go places when recording, it would make a thought-compelling piece of podcastery. Also, sidebar is podcastery a word because I love it. Anyway, I said, think it over and let me know your thoughts. Thanks, Andrew. They wrote back to me a couple days later and said, actually, I think they might have written back the same day and said to me, hey, Andrew, we would love to. This is a really interesting topic that I don't think I've personally explored fully, and I would be happy to share my thoughts with you and hopefully explore my own ableism, conscious or subconscious, with you. Mike and I agree this would be a really meaningful challenge. I'm so happy you feel comfortable enough to ask us, and we're flattered you would ask us first. Just let us know when you're thinking of recording, blah, 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 and we'll get it set up. And so that's kind of how it went. We just, I just said I, re- I want to ask you this stuff. And so what you're going to hear now is my interview with Kyle and Mike about kind of getting them to confront their own ableism and getting them to confront their own fears. 
around disability. And my point was, in doing this, I think that the queer male community is really afraid of disability in so many ways that they can't even really articulate that. And so by asking Mike and Kyle these questions, pointed questions around what would happen if disability happened to you tomorrow in some form or fashion, I wanted them to confront those things and really open up the conversation to allow for them to look at their own ableism and look at their own prejudices and not in a way that was going to ridicule them or put them on blast for doing so, but really, truly examine this stuff. And so that's what we did. And so I want to share this interview with you. I was really proud to do it. I also got to do an interview with Jeffrey Masters of the LGBTQ&A podcast, which will come out, I don't know, it might come out after this one, it might come out in a few weeks, I'm not sure when I'm going to release it, but I'm doing a bunch like this. So if you are a non-disabled gay man or a non-disabled person generally and you want to really interrogate your own ableism on a show like this around sexuality and disability, I'd love to have you on in a way that is meaningful and comfortable for you, but I think these conversations are important. And as you'll hear, we have fun with it, we play with it, but there's a reality that we talk about that really gets both Mike and Kyle to look at their privilege and their prejudice in a different light, and I'm excited to, for you to hear it. So I'm going to go to the interview now, but here's my interview with the hosts of the Gayish podcast, Mike and Kyle, right now on Disability After Dark. Mike and Kyle from the Gayish Podcast. Hello. Hey there. Hi. Hey, this is really exciting because you and I, two of you and I have talked before. I've been on your show and now we're finally switching the tables. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. We're going to try to be on our, not best behavior, but like good enough. Behavior. I would hope you're not on your best behavior. I'd hope it's sort of like <laughs> bad behavior. Yeah, we can. All right. All right. No, all right. So just for any audience members who are listening who don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, and tell us what you do. Yeah. Uh, I assume you mean in the podcast context and not just, like, everything? Because I, I can mean, give you a rundown. <laughs> you could tell me exactly. We could do everything. Sure, that's cool. But, yes, there's a <laughs> podcaster. Yes, please. Uh, so I'm Mike Johnson. And I'm Kyle Getz. And we do a podcast called Gayish, And it is about gay and straight stereotypes and how that they're not always a good fit. But... Um, as a gay man, we're both gay. Um, there's so many gay things that we don't quite understand or adhere to or fit. And there's a lot of things in the straight category, quote unquote, straight category that, that, that do fit. And, and the opposite too. There's a lot of gay shit that I'm totally into. Mm -hmm. Oh, can we cuss on this podcast? Um, <laughs> you listen to my show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of straight things that I just do not get. So yeah. Did um, and you were on our uh, episode about power, power dynamics, which I really enjoyed that conversation with you. Yeah, it was super fun. And so I wanted to kind of, I wanted to turn the tables a little bit. And I, I had a really cool idea a few weeks yeah. ago pop in my head at like two in the morning after I watched porn and cried and went to bed. I, uh... <laughs> we get it. That sounds familiar. I mean, right? Yeah. So I had this idea that I wanted to talk to gay, able-bodied men about privilege and disability and talk to them about these things because I think in our community we talk about queerness a lot but we don't talk about disability enough as anyone who listens to my show knows <laughs> and um, we don't 
And I really haven't had a chance to sit down with able-bodied gay men and ask them kind of what that's all about. So what I want to do today is really get the two of you as the kind of gay fun podcast host that you are to go, oh. to go and like deepen your understanding of ableism and disability and ask you just ask you stuff around disability and I think it's important to talk to able-bodied gay men about that so you two are the first literally after I jacked off and cried you were the first <laughs> two that I thought of, <laughs> I thought about to do this episode Aww. with because I wanted I think just think we have a really good rapport and if you've if you want to listen to my episode on their show, I think it was episode forty-eight or nine or something. Wow. Sure, yeah, <laughs> somewhere somewhere up there. Back, in, I'm back. impressed that you're getting in the ballpark because I don't. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, yeah. but I think this conversation. I mean, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be relaxed. But I think it'll be eye-opening too and important for other people to hear. And I'm excited to collab. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we are too. Thanks We're nervous us. and excited. Like uh, before we hook up with someone on grinder yeah i mean wow uh, <laughs> i'm glad that i gave you like the grinder nerves wow <laughs> i'm so yeah. honored yeah oh yeah yep yep you're awesome. welcome um <laughs> so kyle you you mentioned before i hit record that you were a bit nervous about yeah like, having this conversation i really want to i kind of want to start there so yeah tell me tell me why you're nervous um i'm nervous because i feel like Oh, I mean, I think one of the points of what you're doing, like, we don't talk about this. We don't, like, it's one of those things that, uh, as an able-bodied person, every now and then you think about, but that's kind of like you stop yourself from going too deep into that, like, me- or at least I do, into that, like, exploration. So, like, the fact that we're just, like, digging right in and, and like, kind of embracing those things that I usually don't think about too much is a little nerve-wracking i'm worried i'm gonna say something super terrible to you and you'll you know have to set me straight um i mean you probably are and i probably will that's all right but i yeah i don't think i could set you straight if i tried you're pretty (laughs) that's true it's yeah that's a lost cause but yeah it's uh it's uh uh, i'm excited honest conversation with you and and uh, hopefully we'll do some processing and thinking what everything means. Yeah, I think processing is good. And so, Mike, do you have any reservations or nerves or thoughts or feelings? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in this country today, it is so hard to be a white man. And mm-hmm. uh, now you're going to add a body to the list of things that I have to worry about being oppressed for. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, yes now, I am. Um, cis white men have it harder than any other group nowadays. So, <laughs> so discriminated against. Sure. <laughs> so discriminated against. Yep. <laughs> I feel you right there. Obviously, that's a joke. We're kidding. Anybody? Oh, who, yeah. <laughs> you don't know it. Who like, turned it off and was like, oh, dear. No, no. It's a, <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. Um, so I want to kind of get started. What do, you, what do you both know about disability before, like, before talking to somebody like me? Like, what, how is disability affected either of your lives or has it well so i'm 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 interested in in knowing when when we talk about disability that's a really big umbrella right like not not all disabilities are the same not all disabilities are are physical even in in nature yeah so when you wanted to talk about the potential impact of that and and insecurities and fears and, and, and all of that i kind of wondered like what do you mean by disability because for for instance totally different scope I have ADHD, and and that's a, that's a learning disability, and I am medicated for it, and I'm coping really well, and and it doesn't really hinder my day to day. But at the same time, strictly speaking, that's on the list, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, I think one, I think 
when I first wrote down the questions, my first thought was, I want to talk to able-bodied gay men who are not physically disabled because the way gay men consider sexual viability is to consider you to be able-bodied. And so I wanted to, I, I immediately, and because I'm a wheelchair user, my first inclination was let's talk only about physical disabilities. But as I'm learning through doing this podcast, that's not always the case. And some people have invisible disabilities, so we can go, I mean, everywhere. I basically want to, I want to basically understand how disability generally would impact your sense of queerness, your sense of gayness, the way you fuck, the way you don't fuck, the kind of, like, the way you perceive body image, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's so much to unpack. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, I, I think... I love how you're both like, Ugh. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you seem like you were... No, it's, about to... Well, I'm, I'm trying to think if this is... Because you asked about my experience, like what my anticipated experience or feelings or, or, yeah. or you know, what, what, I, what that would be. And it, maybe it's wrong to think this way, but I, I, I think it would depend on society. It would depend on the reactions that I got from other people. And, you know, as, as gay people, for the most part, you can't see queer but you can see race, and a lot of times you can see disability, yeah. and so, so I, I feel like uh, the it, it would be so much more visible that I would feel really self-conscious just about that part, right? Like, um, I feel like um, I, I, I do recognize that um, like your disability status is something you can one of the few like categories of who you are that you could, you know, move from abled to disabled. Like not many things about like, I'm male, I'm gay, like I'm white. A lot of those are just like static things. So yeah. disability status is like something that anyone could move into. And I think that's like the part where I stop myself from thinking too much about because I feel like it's, it would be regardless of what the disability I would, I, I feel like I would have a sense of loss of whatever, you know, I'm used to being able to do and not being able to do that uh, anymore. So, like, th that's part of the fear of, like, you know, losing something like independence or, you know, mobility or... And that's kind of what I want to get to. Like, what do you... So, you, so yeah. you mentioned a few of those now. Like, when you... when you, If you really were to go into that set, that place where you stop yourself from thinking of it, if you really were to open that gate up just a little bit as we're yeah. talking, like, what... Where does that fear come from? Like, why, what are you afraid of? I mean, I think the, the thing that you've said that, like, has completely shifted how I think about this is um, it was when uh, Stephen Hawking died and you uh, were the, you know, everyone was posting things like, oh, you know, he's walking somewhere up there. And Among you were the like, stars. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, no, like, uh, having a wheelchair was part of him. That and And thinking about it as, like, you know, I think about being gay, like, at this point, I wouldn't change being gay for anything because it's given me, an awesome you know, podcast platform. It's you know, <laughs> if nothing else, this an amazing podcast. But like, I feel like what's I'm trying to like start thinking about or change my thinking is that like there's there's what is what am I trying to say? There's like you can have actually that being part of who you are, there's a lot of great experiences that can come from that. A community just like being gay might like be hard, but gives you a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, and I, I, th- I guess my question back to you is: when you think of loss, are you afraid yeah. that you would lose a part of the typical kind of queer community that you're used to? Or are you afraid that there would be a sense of like that's going to shift because they're going to see me differently now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, uh, it's a feeling. It's like the worry of being. I mean, you're already kind of an outsider being gay, and then add a disability, and it, it I, I'd worry that like it would put me even further outside of you know the the norms the the gay group the queer group like a uh, community so i don't i don't i'm trying not to be hyperbolic i i think it's just factually true that i've never seen a wheelchair in a gay bar in seattle and oh dear well let's so, change that somebody in seattle fly yeah. me out yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree that it needs to change, and I don't know I don't know what all of the factors are involved in that. But as as somebody on this side of the equation, I assume that it's either because those communities don't mix or don't support each other, or there are actual like physical barriers to to getting a, a person of limited mobility into these the, the establishments that we have. I, I don't know what all of the the factors are, but it definitely it definitely there is a fear there of losing community, right? That I, I go to the bars and I hang out with my friends and I don't see people in wheelchairs there now doing that. So would that, would, would, would I lose that in the future? Maybe there's an insecurity about that. Yeah. And so how do you, like, how do you think you would, because I deal with loneliness a lot and I deal with isolation a lot. And so the way I reach out in my work and just in life generally is the internet. Like thank God for the internet because that's how I built myself to do what I do. And when I'm lonely and can't go to the bar as much like right now, it's winter. So like going to the bar just is not possible. But then when you think of the added barrier, the internet like saves, save a lot, saves a lot of our lives as disabled queers because we have a space to be openly queer and disabled digitally. So yeah, I mean, you, you may lose community. You may also find that when you go on the internet, you gain a whole other community because these are not... The people who go to the bars, the people that go to the bars look a certain way, follow a certain aesthetic, go to the bars expecting certain things. When you go online, the, all that changes. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like um, a kind of, so what you're saying, like having a online community that is kind of like where you can find people you relate to, uh, like part of that is just because there are less people that are both gay and disabled, so like finding a community is, would be hard in person and i do like you know the fear would be like losing that in-person connection because you know online is great but you know not the same as being in a physical space with other people that you feel connected to so i i do worry about that that loss of you know physical community yeah totally and i think like that's one of the things that i struggle with it's like, i really want physical community and I, I would love to go to the bars and i would love to be that flirty, slutty dude in wheelchair. He's like, I'm, I'm here. Let's do the things. But yeah. <laughs> that real, the, the reality of that means that I have to put in so much more work to yeah. just do that. So you eventually like, oh, I could go out and try, or I could just stay home and go to bed. And staying home and go to bed is easier than putting out all that energy to maybe meet somebody or to maybe go home or to maybe be rejected. And like, so you do reach a point of like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to worry about this anymore. I'm not going to concern myself. Girl, when my depression is super bad, I get the allure <laughs> of just going to bed. I was going to say, like, yeah, I already, it like, it's so hard for me to leave the house anyway. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes work and effort to, like, 
go outside. So like, yeah, you're adding like another layer of challenge to like, I'm thinking about like, uh, this is something I'm very privileged not to have to think about. But, like right now, the um, the elevator in my building is broken. Um, we just had. What the fuck do you do then? So uh, I I literally only just thought about it now. You like, can't do stairs. I can walk downstairs. No, but you don't. That's I don't nice. like to. <laughs> but yeah, like I I didn't even think about that. And I'm, you know, that's part of the like being very fortunate to not have to think about some of those things. Like, and we just had a big snowstorm in Seattle. So like it was difficult for me being able-bodied to like walk around on this slippery ice and almost falling over. So like if you were to add to that, you know, being a wheelchair user, for example, that'd be like even more like challenged to just to, yeah, doing the going to, outside. To, just to get there is, is really yeah. tough. Um, yeah. So, so like, how do you think you would feel if, I don't know, tomorrow disability became part of your life? Like how would that, how do you think that would change other than the stuff, other than like what you might lose, which we talked about a little bit and we'll get back into it in a second. If it yeah. happened to you tomorrow, let's say you were in an accident or let's say you had a stroke or let's say something like, I'm just trying to think of other ways people become disabled. So let's say just you woke up tomorrow and you were, I've had instances where friends have woken up and they're disabled and they can't move their legs or something happens. So let's say something happened to you and you yeah. became disabled. How, how do you think that would change your sense of queerness? I, I mean, I'd still be real gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> good to um, know. Yeah. <laughs> yep, still super gay. <laughs> that would be. I. Uh, I feel like that would be. It would feel like an even, you know, greater pressure to. It just would feel like going uphill to try to feel a sense of belonging. That's already something like I already don't always feel like I belong in the community, I'm very self-conscious. So add this. And I think that would just amplify like, you know, me being self-conscious worrying about, you know, is everyone annoyed with me that I'm taking more time or like, I just feel like I'd be so like worried about how everyone perceives me. Yeah. Like even like, much more than I already do. Yeah. I, I mean, I struggle with it now that I, I, I hate my body. I don't feel attractive or sexy i'm we struggling talked about with this on your show mike you have a daddy mm -hmm. voice and i want to do things to it it's fine <laughs> well okay yeah. okay uh, my voice is fantastic but i hate the rest of it no i i just um I, i'm very i'm already insecure about my body and 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 to, uh, to add a disability i i don't i don't think that would help yeah i don't think that would help my relationship with my body and my body image but I'm, so like i oh um like i already i remember like we were talking about, you know, body image and like our like judgments about how we look and feel about our bodies. And then I think you even wrote in, we're like, but you're both able-bodied. So like it, there's, in spite of that, like, I don't. Did I write it like an asshole? I can't remember what I said. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Did, or, or it was like in our conversation. No, you, I don't think you were an asshole. I think you were. Cause it's highly, cause on the thing you posted, on the thing you posted on your, on your, your, gayish podcast facebook group today about Niall demarco oh posted how hot he was and i had to be like um yeah except he's a bit of an ableist here's five reasons why yeah i we did, i didn't even like i didn't know any of that info that you um posted yeah so tell it like i i, I read the delta story so oh did i miss did i miss the post i must have missed a post one of you saw the post um uh. 
Niall DeMarco was at an airport at, at Delta, I think, a few months ago, and they they he asked for for disability support, and they brought him out a wheelchair, and then he freaked out and was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe you did that! Why did you bring me a wheelchair?" And so this is totally off on a tangent than what we were talking about, but <laughs> he he they brought him a wheelchair, and he was like, "I'm not a wheelchair user. I'm deaf. There's a huge difference," and which is true, but also there are deaf wheelchair users, and because of his status as a as a public figure with disabilities, admonishing the wheelchair as something that was so horrible that they brought him is a little <laughs> bit problematic because, yeah, they made a mistake, and okay, I get that. But all, you, all he had to say was, hey, I'm not a wheelchair user, like, thanks. Mm. No, because there are people with disabilities who one day can walk and one day can't. And maybe they thought that he would need a chair for whatever the reason is. And so the fact that he was so angry that they brought him a wheelchair was like, for us wheelchair users, for me anyway, it was like, well, you could have handled that better. You could have mm. made the point to say like, hey, I don't use a wheelchair, but thank you for thinking that I might. And if if I needed it, I could. Like, thanks. So it, it felt like he was passing judgment, not just on the fact that they brought it, but just wheelchair users and was upset that like, with the even idea that he might need a wheelchair. Well, yeah, because the idea is like, oh my god, the wheelchair is the worst thing ever. When for me, it's, yeah. a, it's a source of pride and freedom and strength. And so to see somebody so well entrenched in our community admonish this thing that many of us use daily for for like support is like you don't really you're not quite getting why that's a problem. And so mm. the minute I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit turned off by you now. Like that doesn't mm. like. I support that you're a deaf person trying to do the things, but you should also support the rest of us who are disabled also trying to do the things without making our mobility devices a problem for you. Yeah, so, sure. But, but, okay, pushing back just a little bit, I, I didn't see anything where he was attacking the wheelchair. Like, I took his point as being merely that they assumed all disability meant wheelchair and that he was lumped into this category that's more nuanced than that and that they that, like I, I thought that he was focusing on the mistake not the wheelchair and it, like but, the assumption that a disability means you need a, a wheelchair yeah. and he very well he very well could have been but the underlying thing is like is looking at that going well okay well what if you do all you had to do was say like hey I don't need this thanks mm. no because on social media to me, it looked like he was being really upset over the wheelchair when it was just a when he easy, he could have easily smoothed it over a little bit more than that because I just don't think he did it the best way possible. Yeah, I mean that's something like in thinking about if I was disabled tomorrow, like you know I know that disability can have such. Uh, like such a big range of what that actually means yeah. that some of those stereotypes, I mean, we talk about stereotypes for being gay, but like the stereotypes that people would or assumptions people would make about a disabled person. I feel like you just have to battle that much harder to like, I mean, I know you get all kinds of dumb shit. You've seen my, you've and, seen my grinder. I've seen you've your seen posts. People post yes. on my grinder all the time. Which people, I mean, it's crazy. Like, people are assholes. Like, and it's just for no good reason. So, like, if you're not, like, a white gay man in our community, it's, you know, it's it's hard to, I feel like everyone's like, oh, we're all gay and, like, we're a minority. But then it's like, but we don't want anyone that's even more different than that. We don't want a person of color. We don't want, we don't want yeah. a person. We don't want a trans person. We don't want, a, we don't want like, we don't want that. And I think... Like, even I struggle with that privilege sometimes of having to, like, 
check myself and be like, oh, nope, Andrew's privilege is showing up here. Let's, let's dial back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of like just the past couple of years for me has been like recognizing so many ways that I have privilege. Um, and, and there are a, a lot of them, you know, being uh, other than being gay, it's like everything else. Like I'm cis, I'm white, I'm a male. I grew up in an upper middle class family. Like there's so much privilege that I have that I, you know, a couple of years ago w- would never have thought of. And so, yeah, like it, it's scary, the idea of losing that privilege, because then you start have to think, start have to Start having to Set, think about. There you go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I can definitely talk. But like, I, but think I grew about up, shit. You. I grew up poor, Kyle. I don't have privilege. Well, yeah. Fuck people. I hate that <laughs> so I mean, much. You do. Like, I, I, that's where I agree with with Mike. You do have privilege, even if you grew up poor, even if you grew up with nothing. Like Absolutely. I'm a wheelchair yeah. user, and I have I have a ton of privilege, and so I have to be constantly reminded and aware of that. Even when I do the work I do, people constantly say, "Well, you're this and you're this," and I have to say, I have to kind of shut up sometimes and go, yeah, you're right, I am. Let me dial it back or let me rethink that because I do. And so what I want to, what I want to do is use my privilege to create change and, and not always play, you know, try really hard to not play the victim card sometimes when I don't need to. Mm. I mean, sometimes it's fun, though. Sometimes it, gets, <laughs> it, sometimes it does get you what, you what you want. That's like when Kyle talks to straight people and he tells them that they're acting like a fag. And like, oh, to see I them. love it so much. You're like, that was super faggy. And then they are like, don't know how to react because like, well, you're allowed to use that word. I can't. Is that, what, did you insult I, me or what? Is, that's like, why uh, I love using the word triple because it makes people like, oh, oh. <laughs> like hearing Dan Savage a couple of weeks ago, I was on his show and he used, the, he used my title as triple content creator and I just fell over with joy i was like did dan savage just use the word cripple openly on a show holy shit that's awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i love the like i mean i think you were the one that kind of taught me that it's like people don't like it's not that any one certain name for you know different groups of people are good or bad they're just words but like people want people don't like being labeled by everyone else they want to create their own names of what their community is called yeah and so like I mean, I love that you use the word cripple um, to describe yourself because it's just like a fuck you to, you know, everyone that thinks they're not, you know, they have to tiptoe or, you know, can't even talk about it. So, Speaking of tiptoe, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so let's jump right into sex. So if you were to become disabled tomorrow or right now, how do you think, how do both of you think your, your sex or having sex, or fucking, or sucking, or whatever it is. How do you think that would change for you? I mean, I I, I think it would depend on the disability. Okay, uh, you well know. let's okay, well let's use mine then. You have <laughs> cerebral palsy, and you're a wheelchair user. Yeah, I feel like. I, oh. I, I, I was gonna say I don't think you could just get cerebral palsy though, can you? I mean, you can. <laughs> all right, well, all right, okay, like, okay, all right. Go so, on a journey with us. Just, just make yeah, we, suspend we, your disbelief for like yeah. ten minutes. Andrew, Andrew gets a magic wand, and I, like suddenly... I will use my magic wand on you as a euphemism for my dick because I'm yeah. happy to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I like, I already feel guilty for a lot of things that I like. This goes back to like my, like not having the the feelings of self worth that I probably should. So I already feel guilty about like, you know, like I almost feel like I'm burdening people with uh, what I love so far about this conversation is how both of you were like, uh, uh, like I, I like this stuttering because it's, 
No, because it's showing how like there's a clear palpable discomfort around this stuff, and I think yeah. that's what I want people to listen to and to tune into because even though we're talking about it in a safe space, we're so scared to talk about this that when when somebody asks you directly, hey, let's talk about it, people, oh, oh no, like so I think. Thank you yeah. for being so open about it and, oh. want, and like, wanting to dive <laughs> yeah. in. And so, yeah, no, it, I think you're right that it's just a topic you no one like I've not talked about this ever before. So I think you're right that it's just something I feel like, you know, people like to put on their blinders and just pretend like it can't happen to them. Or, or a, as a liberal, I am very aware of my biases and I work on them really hard, right? Like I, I, I grew up in a place that was really very um, hostile and racist against people that weren't white. I, it's a conservative red part of the country that I grew up in. And so I have a whole bunch of just instant knee-jerk reactions to Hispanic people, African-American people, and I'm aware of it and I'm fighting it. And uh, I challenge myself all the time and try to be aware of my privilege. So when when you ask some of these questions, it's a different context. We're talking about, about able-bodied versus disabled people. I, I still, I'm aware of my biases and I because I am, I don't want to just crack that egg open and 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 blast it out all over the place because because I'm a good who, liberal. And I, who are you blasting? And when are we doing? <laughs> in, in what position is that happening, Daddy? Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I you mean, just blast up. I'll, I'll I'll blast. Sure, why not? Right, but, okay. but 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 I mean, I I think. In a way, being uncomfortable and tripping over all of this is because. I am, am working on censoring myself actively when it comes to my biases and acknowledging them and sharing them with other people because because I want the world to be a better place and I want the world to to be accepting of everybody and and so it's not P.S. that's not how the world <laughs> ever works <laughs> right no no ab- absolutely absolutely but but I want I want to do my part in making it move toward that of and, and and so I mean partially I think that. The, the people that are the problems of the world are those that are totally unaware of the problems that other groups have and are totally insensitive to their feelings and their humanity and and go on national television and say things like they're they're sending us their rapists and their drug users yeah he's a special kind of person <laughs> okay okay but but I mean I think that 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 he's the problem right like I oh, I try yeah. to come to the table with the best of intentions and I would absolutely fight wholeheartedly any attempts to, you know, re- restrict disabled people. I'm, I'm totally behind the ADA and all of the goodness that it has brought to the, the lives of, of, of Americans. Um, I, I feel like I'm rambling now, but you are, you are. It's kind of awesome because the, you're proving my point that there's again, a palpable discomfort there. And I, what I want to say is, I think that discomfort is okay and I think that discomfort is valid and I want us to like sit with that a little bit because I think many people listening right now who are who are white, cis, able-bodied gay men are probably feeling the same way and I, I'm curious when you said you are doing your best to fight your biases if you were to like lean into your biases and your fear around disability generally Mike what does that what is that and what does that look like for you? I mean, I I wouldn't want to be in a wheelchair. 
I, I, I mean, that's not something that I would willingly sign up for. And and I don't know how much of that is just a recognition that life is hard for people that aren't fully able-bodied in our society, and and maybe that's just a self-protective sort of a of an instinct. Maybe I, I'm super ableist and it's just barely simmering under the surface. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to explore that. But I can say, the the thought of that really scares me. It it, it really it really frightens me to think about. Awesome and uh, and I don't want to I don't want to like therapize you, but we're getting to the, we're getting to the kind of place where I wanted to get to, and I want to understand like when you think of that fear for a second, like what is like because disability has been a part of my life since day one, so the whole idea of being disabled doesn't really doesn't scare me at all because I have a completely different life experience to you. Yeah, but I can understand I can sort of empathize with where that fear comes from, and so Kyle kind of told us what he's afraid of and where that what that means for him what does that mean what does that what does that fear feel like for you like i mean like my initial reaction if i'm like trying not to like phrase it perfectly is just like fuck that would suck like that's the immediate reaction like that would suck like being like having this added pressure like added weight just to exist. And I feel like um, there are so many assholes in the world that like, uh, and I usually like uh, blame myself when other people are assholes to me. So like, I would feel like I was inconveniencing people, not like, you know, people on the bus, people that are walking around that have to move around me or like my healthcare provider that would have to do more work. I'd feel like I'm a, a bigger burden uh, to everyone else. And I feel like, you know, with sex, it'd be the same thing. I'd feel like, a bigger and be like almost I, i'd be like oh well thanks for being nice enough to fuck me like you know i i i feel like i'd uh, and i've had, feel the, guilty I've had about those it. feelings with, with dudes i've had to say like i yeah. literally said like oh thanks for the thanks for the good time like they were doing me some giant favor and i was like no yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like yeah no they're just like hooking up with someone shouldn't be a favor to anyone it should be you both want to like you both want to mess around and fuck and it's fun so yeah like uh, i feel like there'd be this added like weight just walking around the world of, of you know almost guilt or yeah. uh feeling like i'm outside of things i'm having a really hard time i i, I, I didn't hear anything kyle said because i was <laughs> thinking about your question and trying to figure out how to answer great. it for myself. it was very insightful by the way oh great it was I'm sure beautiful it was. and you can play it back <laughs> when the episode drops yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to separate how much of my fear and apprehension is just the change versus the destination. So, like, any any fundamental change in identity, I think, is going to come with the, the uh, uh, you have to go through the steps of mourning, you know? Yeah. Like, I've been divorced twice. I got When I got divorced from a woman, I still mourned the loss of that marriage, despite the fact that she had a vagina and I didn't want that. <laughs> like, I... And and so, I'm 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 very aware that there would be some period of time of mourning the change, regardless of what the change was. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know how to separate that apprehension and the feelings that came with that from the actual value of where I would be after that had happened. Yeah, it is hard and, to think about like getting through that. Because I'd be angry, I'd be upset, I'd be embarrassed. Like I'd be a lot of things. But yeah, the idea of like you would getting through, the, anger. yeah, 
bargaining, depression, acceptance. So you're drink in- alcohol before doing anal. That's how you remember those. <laughs> wow. Great, great mnemonics. Amazing. That's awesome. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, like the, I think it's all around that, like, first part of like having to just come to terms with the fact that this huge thing has changed. And yeah, morning, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I have a hard time thinking about getting through that to the point where I feel comfortable with it. Like, that's a, that's a challenging idea to, to feel like I could get through that morning and that anger and, and get gonna, to a place like, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I think when I talk to people who have become disabled, who weren't born disabled, when I talk to them as guests, I always struggle with trying to understand the experience because for me, disability has been a part of my life from day one. So when they tell me that they had to go through a period of mourning, I'm like, what did you mourn? <laughs> what, what, just being a, just, you know, going into a wheelchair? Why is it a sad thing? Like, I, it's such, and that's a privilege that I have. I don't understand. There's a disconnect for me between becoming disabled because I've always been so when someone says they have to to go through that I don't for me as a like as a congenitally disabled person that doesn't make sense yeah and I yeah so in your experience having talked to so many people is are things more difficult for one group versus the other like people who were born disabled versus became disabled oh wow um I I don't want to say yes or no. I feel like the di- I feel like it's different because I will never understand what they've gone through. I'll never understand that, that loss, but I do understand the loss of things like community, the wanting to be accepted, the wanting to suck dick all the time and not being able to. <laughs> more, like I do understand that part. So when I talk to to gay men who have become disabled um, through an accident or through however it happened, I do under we do have common ground in. Like, hey, I wish I could suck that guy's dick, or I wish I could be like that, or I wish I could do this, or I wish I could have the hookup like this, or I wish like that. Those experiences are, we do tend to agree on that. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't want to say one is harder than the other, but I do think there are stark differences. And I think in terms of media representation of disabled bodies, we need to start seeing queer disabled people who were born disabled. Yeah. In the media, is it? I'm curious what your take is like, what is usually represented when Typically, they represent the stories we see are not queer, they're hetero and they're hetero mm-hmm. and they're white. And they're typically a guy has an accident and then he became paralyzed and now his life's tragedy mm-hmm. and blah, blah. We don't see, Hey, the guy was born disabled and he's happy, but he just wants to mess around. He can't get a, He can't get a date. Can't get a girlfriend. Can't get a boyfriend. Can't fuck around. We don't see that part mm-hmm. of it. We don't see somebody who's well adjusted and disabled. It seems like the like the the closest I can relate to that is like seeing these coming out stories like that's the big story like when it's a gay movie or TV show like uh, I think it's moving past that now but like it, like the fact that you keep seeing these like coming out stories is like there's so much more to being gay than just the coming out like let's talk about other challenges and it seems like that's almost what you're saying of like there's so many like there's other things you can talk about other than just getting into the accident and like being in the wheelchair like there's and then having everybody there's pity more you. like there's it's so nuanced and i don't think yeah. we're looking at that enough and so like i yeah. want to see stories where the person is disabled and they've been disabled from birth and they're happy but they're struggling to try to date or they're struggling to try to fuck yeah. or like, i, I want to see them in a romantic comedy where their disability is not the center point of the thing but it's a big part of the story it's part yeah are there any examples of that like where it isn't totally fetishized? No. <laughs> yeah, that's 
That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. I, like, I can't think of any examples. And if you don't know of any, then there probably are none. I mean, there, I, I talked to somebody on, on the show coming this week who is going to be writing a romantic comedy with a disabled woman in a wheelchair. And I am fucking excited for that because I'm, <laughs> that's, I'm, can't wait to see what she comes up with because she is going to write this character as just a regular person who is a rom-com lead. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. Until they fuck up the casting, right? I mean, well, I mean, hope, well, hopefully, because she's a disabled showrunner, they won't fuck it up too hard. Hopefully, they won't get Brian Cranston or whatever. I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started on how many oh, feelings no. I have about that. Um, so let's go back to sex for a minute. So both of you are able-bodied right. right now, and I want to ask you if, as able-bodied, as able—I almost called you able-bodied disabled men. That's not true. As able-bodied gay men. How do you fuck right now? Like what? Thinking Very of... poorly. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um... I was planning a trip to Seattle just to fuck you. I guess I'm gonna have to cancel those tickets. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to rethink that. This time, I do so... have a boyfriend. Yeah. Um. That really means so little today. <laughs> <laughs> um. How do I fuck it? Yeah. I mean, since I have a boyfriend, then we like. I don't know. Like, make time in our. Like when we're both like feeling horny, we just kind of like we can kind of do yes. it whenever. And I meant more uh, like mechanically. How do you mechanically? Like, oh, thinking I'm of like your body, like, your body mechanics, and how you like would do the things. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, right now I like so I lay on the bed, put lots of uh, butt plugs in my butt because it's real tight. So I got to stretch it out, uh, and then just throw my legs in the air. I'd be worried I wouldn't be able to like throw my legs in the air like a good bottom should so yeah you definitely wouldn't because i yeah. certainly as fuck can't so, <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah so and then mike um so my sex life is terrible like i barely have any <laughs> sex at all and I'm, I'm not kidding like uh i'm trying to remember the last time that i hooked up i have not had any sex in 2019 uh and Man. uh <laughs> what i feel for you <laughs> how can That's i help what cool fun can i set up for that to be a thing <laughs> um and and so this isn't exactly the question that you asked but but like if i were to suddenly become disabled i'm pretty sure like i said that i don't think that would help i would probably just close up shop forever and that's that's oh, pretty my heart. heartbreaking it, it, it's it is i mean um and I, I feel like such a like such a putz saying that, right? Because because I'm like there's no there's no reason for me not to be having more sex n n now. Like I can't just because I I don't feel attractive. That poor me. That's there, so many people have it so much worse than I do from that perspective of being like conventionally attractive and easily finding partners. And um, eh, I don't know. So you so so. Okay, my question initially was, like, but let's go into that question. So you feel like if you were disabled, you would just, that would be it? You'd just be a, spin, a, a widower or a spinster, what is a person who just decides, a celibate person for the rest of your whole life? Yeah, lady. I mean, I think I already don't put myself out there because I think that I'm I'm too old or that I am not, uh, that I'm not fit enough, that I don't wear the right clothes, that I 
I, I have I have all of these things that already prevent me from putting myself out there and 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 trying to attract somebody to to have have sex with and I know enough about my own biases to, to know that I would assume that they wouldn't be attracted to a person missing a limb or in a wheelchair or or disfigurement whatever it is like I I I think I would use that as just another example of a reason to preclude myself from being attractive to anybody, and I wouldn't put myself out there even less. <sighs> My heart breaks because you are attractive, and you being whether you whether you are a wheelchair user, whether you have a disfigurement, whether you are physically, emotionally, or intellectually disabled, I don't think that should preclude you from sucking good dick. I, yeah, I, I yeah, agree. it shouldn't. But yeah, well, and we we talk about this on our podcast a lot. I, I I know it's just my hangups. Like I see, I see people I consider less attractive than me having way more sex than me, and and like I I then wishing that I could have that kind of confidence or or self uh, self esteem. I guess is the is the the way to put it. And, and uh, like I recognize that it's my hangups. I just can't get over them. Or haven't been able to make myself get over them. I think, and I, I'm just guessing, I think that if you became disabled or disability became part of your life in one way or another, you would be forced to get over them because at some point biology takes over and you're like, I want to get my dick sucked. Like, there was a period of time in my life where I didn't have sex for a year and a half. And yeah. I w eventually was like, fuck it, I'm going to hire somebody then. I need, to yeah. I need to do this for myself. So I think you would... And I, I don't know for sure, but I think you might be forced to get over those hangups and the disability. And this is going to sound super ableist and weird when I say this, but the disability might allow you to see past those hangups because you don't. Then you really don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's entirely possible. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my, uh, like a lot of what I how I handle things just being gay is like I want to fit in I want people to like me I want to like I don't want people to notice me I don't want to stand out I just want to like be a part of the group and so like I'm already self-conscious about that so I feel like I would like stand out more with a like visible disability and that that would you're six foot three Nazi looking motherfucker how do you not stand out <laughs> I hate, I don't, yeah, I don't want people to notice me because that's like risky. So I feel like I'd have to, every time I left um, the house, you're I hot, white, tall, and super gay. How do you not get noticed? <laughs> <laughs> and you live in like one of the most I, depressing cities in America where it rains all the time. How do you people not know who you are? <laughs> if I'm bored and I want to fuck a bottom, I would find you on Grindr and be like, hey, what are you, what are you up to right now? It's 2.30 on a Sunday. What are you doing? Oh, thanks. <laughs> Hanging out with his podcast co-host. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I feel like it just I I might feel like there's a, like even bigger spotlight on me that says like that says to everyone I'm I'm different and you know that's that's a like a hard idea to like have that kind of like visibility or like that kind of like standing out when you don't want to to I mean there is that spotlight on you and I do have that spotlight yeah. on me but the difference is is that I decided to channel that spotlight into something I won't say positive because some days, just for instance, I'm sitting in a diaper right now having an IBS flare. Yay, the joys. Mm. But like, <laughs> but I, I've decided to channel that into something that is 
a reality for me. And so rather than looking at the spotlight as something to be be afraid of, I was like, I'm going to lean into it and see what happens. Yeah. So I th- And I think you discovered the same. And I also think because all of us here are white, we also do have that privilege working for us in that yeah. b- because we're white and if you be- if the two of you became disabled and then I was disabled, we'd all be relatively okay. And the experience of being a disabled person of color is vastly different. Yeah, the idea of like, I can be disabled and still have a great life, have a happy life, uh, like I could... Like you're saying, like uh, you it can could still suck all the dicks, and it'll still be suck so many dicks. So many dicks. <laughs> yeah, that's like a hard idea for me to wrap my head around. Um, How hard? <laughs> and whose head are you wrapping your tongue around? What? <laughs> Whatever's in front of me. I, I, mean, I mean, so but, but so but back to sex for just a second. So like thinking about so we know your bottom, so and you couldn't get your you couldn't get your legs in the air what else throw my legs in the air. I, I i would worry about like just getting on grinder just like you know at what point do you you know kind of come out about your disability like are you do you put it like front and center or yes. like is it something you yes. Almost, yes yes i mean that seems like the, a good approach to just be like this is who i am like if the, you the don't cripple that's what it is i mean uh, yeah I would worry about people like for some reason people assume that your disability status has like says something about you as a person, which is so stupid and fucked up. I'd worry that about what judgments people would bring to me, like just being on Grinder. Like I, I feel like it'd be even harder just to log in. Yeah, to Grinder. Grinder's a Grinder's a shit show, but I mean it. Does, <laughs> it does give you a gold mine of hilarious things. People said that I will screenshot and share everywhere because uh, it's hilarious. Uh. So what uh which online platform is is most accessible for for disabled people? That's a great question because it depends on your level of disability. Blind people have told me that a lot of the apps are not accessible to people that use screen readers. Um, oh sure. Yeah. Not super accessible. Mm. None of them are really that way. Uh I would say that Grinder is relatively accessible because they now have that speech thing. You can leave a voice message and if you can't type that's an option for you. Um, but I would say they have to do more for people who are low vision or, or blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be hard to be like, there just might not be an option for you that fits, that is easy to use. And yeah, that would be just like, okay, what do I, how do I, how do I approach this now? How do I like try to find someone to fuck me? Like, I, yeah, it'd be like, you might have to. I love how Kyle's change. first thought is not, how do I find someone to love me? And like, I, and I, and I enjoy <laughs> that so much. I love how you're like, inherent sluttiness is still oh right, yeah it's still right there i gotta get fucked so like how am i gonna do that <laughs> yeah uh, and i mean that's a, that's for me that's a definitely a valid concern because i don't have paralysis but i have i have i'm a wheelchair user which means the idea of getting fucked is something that i'm 35 i'll be 35 in like two months and i've still in all my sexual experiences i've never been fucked and it's something that i and i've talked about this on the show before it's something that i I, I like we talked earlier about mourning. It's something that I mourn because I'm like I don't know what that's like. I have no idea what that feels like. I have never been close enough to somebody who wanted to try that, and I don't necessarily want to do it with somebody who's like, well, just a one night like go either because mm. of all my needs. You're saving yourself for marriage. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving myself for somebody who's more than a one-time grinder. Like, thanks, bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. How about how about anal play though? Like, are you, do you know if that's a thing that you're into or want or or Again, uh, enjoy? I had, with, I had somebody finger me a few weeks ago. That felt weird and interesting, and that was 
I was excited by it, but I, my brain also went to places like, oh no, what if something happens and I have to tell the caregivers later? Like, oh yeah, my I couldn't relax to, into the idea because I was worried about what. How do I explain it if there's like a? How do I tell my caregivers later? How do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, th- yeah. Th- that's something I'm constantly worried about. Tension is not a thing to be going through as a bottom. That's for sure. I mean. <laughs> I'm just trying to think how to segue into the next thing. Uh, How's this going? How do you feel about this? It's, I mean, it's going, it's going. I'm sure I've lost my train of thought. Okay. Is this, is is this what you wanted so far? It is what I wanted. Is do you awesome people feel okay? Yeah. 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 I think it's good. I think it's a probably like a really healthy thing to actually talk about, like rather than, just keeping a fear inside you and not like exploring it. So this is probably like, I didn't, I wouldn't have known that this is something I should explore, but I, yeah. I like when you get, the, helpful. when you get the email from me, I like how you were like, Oh, that's something we never talked about. That's scary. Like let's, but sure. Let's, yeah. Like was, w- let's, let's go there for a minute. Was there any like trepidation when I sent the email and said, well, like how did you feel when you first? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kyle and I have a long tradition of whenever we talk about an idea, either an episode on our show or an event or being on other people's shows, it, we try really hard. If it makes us uncomfortable, we do it. We lean into discomfort wherever we see it, find it and and try to just tackle it head on. And that was very much the case with you. I, like I, I immediately when I saw that was like, Holy shit! I'm going to say something stupid, or I'm going to say something that's going to get us hate mail. I'm going to like. I was really very, very nervous about it, and that's what I said to Kyle. We have we have to do it because that's our policy. Like, lean in and, and and try to try to take it on. And like you know, like that's why I, that's why I said to you. I thought about you two first because we've talked before, and like you know, we know each other's senses of humor a little bit, and we listen to each other's shows, and it's like we, you know that I would never bring you on to something and do it cold and be like, I'm going to just bombard you with these questions and hope you <laughs> yeah like and like try to trap us or <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so i'm i'm really excited that that this happened and that we did this i do want to ask you though so thinking about sex like how do you think let's talk about more about the mechanics how do you think that like fucking and oral and stuff like that would change as let's say again you have my disability you're now in a power wheelchair and you are lower to the ground how would how would your style of dick sucking and ass fucking change or being fucked so are you are you are you taller or shorter than you would be if you were able-bodied and on your knees Um, (laughs) that's that's, i don't uh i'm six i'm six foot okay okay in the wheelchair i want to say i'm about like five four oh way taller then okay you're trying to think of like where the dick would come relative to your mouth, right? If, I, like, if I'm sitting in my wheelchair right now, the dick comes right up to my nose. Oh, that's that sounds. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I feel like it would. Uh, I'd have to. I'd I'd put the like onus on that person to like come to me, <laughs> come. Um, but like w- like you know approach me to like whereas I like to you know, like be more submissive and like, you know, get on my knees and like do what they say. Like, I don't, I probably couldn't do that. Like I, I would, I, I couldn't be a like, Oh, do this, do that, do that. Like, because I might not be able to do those things that they would want me to. So I might have to like make them like 
put their dick in my mouth instead of me going to their dick. Yeah, and that's that is sort of what happens. You have to like, and also make that sexy at the same time. It's a weirdly sexually mechanical thing. It's really weird the first couple of times because you have to like find a way to make that sensual, but also they have to do it. So how do you make that hot? Yeah. 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 I feel like I I would probably defer mostly to like giving blowjobs because I feel like that would be the like out of all the the things I do like that's that would be the easiest thing. Well, getting head dis- as a disabled person is fucking awesome because you don't have to do anything. You can just lie there and be like, mm-hmm, <laughs> <this feels great." laughs> I mean, like I don't I don't even care that much about like getting blowjobs right now. Like they're they're fine every now and then, but like I care more about like getting someone else off. So yeah, that's my jam. Come in my yeah, come in my mouth and. And say my name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you mostly would like you'd have to host. Yeah. Or I mean, I or I, I really want to go over to a guy's place, and I haven't for years and years, um, mm-hmm. just because accessibility is a big deal, uh, and most places are three-story walk-ups or don't have elevators or. Yeah. 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 yeah just like I mean, it's already difficult for me mentally to like be like okay i'm gonna be confident enough to go to someone's place and i'm gonna like and they think i'm hot and i think they're hot like and so to add i just like i just keep thinking like everything feels like it would weigh 10 times more than it did like just the added pressure and weight of trying to do those things i used to do with the disability i feel like uh, like mike said i might just like close myself off and just give up Oh, my heart, because it's, I I would hope. Like, but I think that's, I think, and I think that's a lot of the fears that a lot of able-bodied gay men have about disability, and I think it also comes back to 30 years ago when HIV and AIDS was happening, people look at us, and that that's where their brain goes, because those are the images they saw, sick, disabled men being sick, so when they see somebody like me in a wheelchair, their brain goes right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I... I have a great sex life. I mean, I've had to fight really hard for that, and I've had to cultivate it for myself, and I, I use sex workers to achieve a lot of that, but I'm proud that I'm able to do it. I am proud that that's a privilege I have to get that done. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that, like, although it's a fear, I feel like if if I were to be in that situation, I wouldn't have any other choice but to make it work somehow and try to figure things out. So even if I went through that morning period, like, but then I, I just you know, it, it's just like, this is where I am. So I got to figure it out and it would be hard. But I, but I think you're right that like, it, it, in reality, you wouldn't actually give up. You would find a way to adjust to your new life. I mean, you could give up and that's totally an option. That's true. And there are disabled people who have decided that that's what they want to do. And I, I support them in that journey if they want to. For me personally, it's not an option because, mm-hmm. and I think, Again, because we're speaking of you becoming disabled, I think this would be a different conversation if I said if tomorrow you woke up and you've always been disabled, mm. it would, yeah. we'd have a different conversation because as a disabled person, and it's literally in my blood, it's not something that I want to change. Mm. There, uh, I'll, I'll say a horrible thing that like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. yeah. But, like the idea of uh, becoming disabled, like I almost feel like it's a little bit of a relief that I have a boyfriend who like the, the, I mean, our intention is we're going to spend our lives together oh, and it's Martin. almost, 
uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're adorable. Um, but <laughs> but uh, it's almost like, okay, this is the horrible thing. I, I feel like it's a little bit of relief that I've already got him locked in because then if I were to become disabled, he would kind of just like, he's already committed to me. He's so he'd trapped. have to go. <laughs> I mean, you're a little bit like I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, horrible, but awesome. All the I know <laughs> it's, that's what I'm like, but I think I would like, I'm a, a little bit relieved that I like have found someone that like we're committed to. Cause that means regardless of what happens, he has to be there for me. And, uh, you're a bad not, person, just so you know. I know, right? I, this is <laughs> part of the like bad person. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're you're trapped. I had a thought too that I would worry. I would be so worried about my personal safety. Like I already like lock all my valuables in my glove compartment before I go into somebody's house to hook up, and I almost never have people over unless I really, really trust them because I'm afraid they're going to steal my shit or beat yeah. me up or. Something. And then if you're, if you're disabled, depending on the level of disability, like is your, is your, is your ability to defend yourself impaired? All mm. then like how, if it's, if shit started going bad, how would you like beat him up and make him leave or I mean, whatever? Sometimes it is. And I'm going to do a whole episode on like ways to protect yourself because I am, I ha- I'm lucky enough and I have the privilege to have never been in that situation. Luckily my disability scares dudes enough that they haven't wanted to be, you know, to rob me or hurt me, they're scared of the fact that I'm just disabled generally. So I'm, I'm it's protecting me in a lot of ways because hmm. of that. But I do often wonder what would happen if somebody robbed me. What would happen if somebody um, hurt me? What would I do? And I, I genuinely don't know. So I'm gonna do a whole episode on like what that means. But it is something that I, that as a disabled person, I'm scared of all the time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, and again, like there's so much that I am lucky enough, like I don't think about these things. So I think it's really helpful to like be forced to kind of face and talk about your privilege. What are some of the other things you don't think about that this conversation's kind of made you think about? Um, you haven't said already. I mean, just, like, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just my view that able body is better than disabled. Like my, like, I mean, the, it's the ableism. First of that... all, we're the best. Don't fucking <laughs> ever forget that shit. <laughs> again horrible person but no like it is making me challenge that just idea that's ingrained in my head of it's better so um i think that's helpful for me to 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 face head on and think about why do i think that and what's the judgment that i'm passing there and try to kind of rethink the way i would like think about disabilities awesome mike I have never even once thought to myself, I wonder what the mechanics of having sex would be like if I were to become mm. disabled. So th- thank you for giving me something to think about, I guess, because like, I can't stop thinking about it now ever since you brought it up. I'm like, yeah. oh, what would I do? Like, could I get out like some kind of pulley system? To, like, you know, to- no, but pulley, <laughs> a pulley system is actually a great option because I have a hoist in my room that I get lifted up into when I go to bed and when I when I use the bathroom and all this stuff and it's a, it's a hoist that worker that people that I fuck have kind of anchored their body on for me to eat them out for me to fuck them for like it, so it does those pieces of equipment can become like sex things That's is it like a, a swing like a no like no a it's sex. like a, it's like you know in hospitals those big lifts they have it's like that mm, gotcha yeah, that's interesting. You're like, yeah, you almost have to be creative with how you incorporate 
the th- like your wheelchair or like yeah how you incorporate those into your sex play because my wheelchair is a giant fucking sex toy don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the dirtiest thing you've done with your wheelchair the, um i fucked a guy in an elevator once yeah and he was like nice. riding me while we were in the elevator and then i mean he ended up being an asshole and we never saw each other again but he uh i rode him in the elevator and then we got on separate subways and went home wow mm, sweet that lasted like fun. 20 seconds and then he disappeared and i was like all right i guess that happened <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something i would do all right um, i guess that happened <laughs> um so like what so I'm curious, Mike, like when you think about the mechanics now, what's going through your head other than like other than a pulley system, like what else are you thinking about? <laughs> I mean, I'm going through all of the different ways that I could become disabled and then sort of thinking through like if I was going to fuck somebody or they were going to fuck me, like how would it be different? And um because there are so many different kinds of disability, I just sort of like playing disability roulette in my head and like whatever number it lands on then thinking about what sex would be like and um so I mean, there's lots of variations on that i think totally uh and the, i mean the disability is such a wide broad range of things um so my last question is and we've kind of talked about this throughout the whole thing uh how do you think this highlights or this conversation we had today how do you think it highlights your own sexual ableism as a non-disabled gay slash queer man, and how do you think you're going to use this conversation going forward to on your views about disability? I mean, I think part of it is just start, like, you're forcing me to think about things that, like I said, I've tried to not intentionally not think about. So I think that's really good that now I'm going to start thinking about the ways, uh, I know that I am have a lot of privileges, but this is adding to, like, my recognition of all the privileges I have and um, the the judgments I would make about, and I like I don't want to make judgments about people with disabilities, but I feel like it happens naturally, and I want to change that. So, like, I want to not think, I want to work harder to to confront the fact that you're an ableist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, yeah. I I, I don't want. I and I don't care. say ableist like I'm pointing a finger. You're like you're an ableist. No. I'm just saying like I get, I'm disabled and I am too. So it's not I mean, something that we can any of us get away from. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's hard not to be ableist, especially in the society we grow up in where we don't talk about these things. So like, it, it's definitely. I, although I I I want to work. I believe everyone is equal and good, and you know, there's there's so many things that I believe, but I don't know that like how I currently think about ability status lines up with my values. And so I want to work on, I think right. And just what you said, you should change your view from ability status to disability oh, status because disability status, because it's Got it. cause only because it's going to happen to you and all of us, whether we want it to or not. Yeah. Um, and so seeing it as something you as, especially as a queer person, you can embrace and like, when you when you need a wheelchair, if you need a wheelchair, you can say I'm a big dick cripple, and then you can put that in your <laughs> gunner, and then you're good to go. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it doesn't sound as exciting to say I'm an average dick cripple. That's I like mean, a. That's not a. You've sent me the, you've sent the screenshots. I know. I know what we're doing. <laughs> but I think it's it's really good for me to confront my own ableism and and the ways that I think about and fear, you know, disability, and and I want to work on that. 
that's awesome and I, i'm glad that i could help and thank you for letting me deal with you today oh yeah well i mean thank you for asking us these questions and and uh i, I think it's important everyone asks these things of themselves mike i feel like you were deep in thought there you were trying to like just roll with like yeah what he said without having to say your own thing yeah 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 exactly right <laughs> I talked about how much of an asshole I am. You have to. You're yeah. a bigger asshole than me. Well, um, so w- one thing I've been thinking about is, is I, I wasn't. I wasn't kidding. You and Josh Galassi are the only two queer disabled people, physically disabled people that I know. And I have and, so many people to introduce you to. Well, okay, <laughs> but um, so I've kind of been <laughs> wondering. Is there a personal call to action here, right? Like, like what, what? If I, I don't want to go seek out queer disabled people, like so that I could check off a box on diversity bingo, uh, but I, I want to be, I want to be aware of, you know, the the experience of queer disabled people, and when I encounter them, hopefully organically, like be better prepared to to talk about it and not make mistakes and. And and check my own privilege and and uh, I think you would be wise to let yourself make the mistake and then uh, right after you make the mistake, own right up to it and move on. That's really the best advice I can give to you because if you go into an interaction with a queer disabled person and you are spending the whole interaction checking like, oh, did I was I able to hear? Oh, did I do this? Oh, like it's gonna it ruins that organic thing you're looking for and I I for think. Sure. I think because we are so, we are so, we are so invisible to this community. I think you should go and seek us out, not to check out the box, but to just sit there and be with them in their spaces. If they, you know, if they allow you in, because some people want to be want to have their space for them. But if they say, "Hey, come on and be with us," you should seek it out because you should say, "Like I want to learn more," and here I am. I think. People, I think not allowing yourself to do that is, and I understand why that you want to like not offend anybody, but I think no matter what we do, we're going to step on someone's toes. So I would just say, do it. And I mean, Josh Glassy's great. I know he's in Seattle too, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. like go hang out with him or he's, he's good people. Um, yeah. Fly me out there for one of your live shows. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah. like, no, I just think that seeking us out and doing it as part of like, who cares if it's part of a moral good thing for you? Like, great, that's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, is there any, I'm done my line of questioning. We had a really good chat. Um, do you have any other things that might, you want to talk about, about being, if you were to become disabled or if disability was to become part of your life? I feel like, uh, almost what Mike was just saying of like being worried about saying the right thing or wrong thing. And uh, like, like you just have to kind of like take that risk and go for it. And I think that's part of the discomfort is like, we do not talk about this. Like I don't, I mean, other than listening to to you and your podcast, like I don't Which use this language. You all should listen to my show. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Everyone um, uh, yeah. Like I don't, I don't use the language. I don't talk about, disabilities or ableism or those things right now you don't feel like you have a space and that's why i think that owning the fact that you're ableist again i think we need to take some of the stigma off the word 
ableist as being something <laughs> really, really horrible because there's way to be an ableist and be a horrible person, and there's ways to be an ableist and just not know any, any better. Like, mm. I have people who I love and respect have said ableist things to me, and I've called them out and said, hey, would you mind not doing that? And I, the only reason that I call them out is because I love and respect them. If I don't care about you, say what you want, I'll drive away. But if I give a shit about you, I'll call you out in a gentle way, enough to be like, hey, maybe don't do that. Yeah, I'd be interested in your reaction to this because I I, I say it a lot when we talk about racism that it, it's it's kind of it's kind of binary to say are you ableist or not, are you racist or not, are you a bigot or not. Like like th- those are those are really harsh labels that are either true or false, as exactly. opposed to how able how much ableism do you have in your behaviors and the things that you think and, and say and do. Right now. Like yeah, I mean it all depends on the situation. It, I think we all are. All of those things, I've been racist, I've been ableist, I've been all those things. We've, and we've all been those things, whether we want to believe it or not. And I think mm. we have to own it. And if somebody calls us out on that, we have to, like, I've been called out on my show and I had to, like, step back and be like, oh, wow, like, on the air, they were like, you said something blah. And I was like, oh, oh okay, like, dang. And it struck me because you want, because of my privilege as a white cis disabled man, my first thought was, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly have done that. I run a disability podcast. How could I be an ableist? And I had to like go back and listen to the show and be like, oh yeah, I was. So sorry. Hmm. Like, sorry, I'll do better. And I think it's the way you handle that. It's the way you handle being told you are X that really shows your character. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then like, uh, that's the, the good thing I'm realizing, uh, like what you're saying of like putting yourself out there and trying to talk about it. And even if you fuck up, then you know, someone calls you on it. Now you learn and it, it like, it's like the language when, if, if someone calls you out on the language that you're using it, it then makes you think about your, like, what's the belief behind that language. So I do think it, yeah, it is good to, that we're talking about and taking the risks so that you can confront us or tell us like, okay, well don't say that or that's ableist or that. Like it really makes you like kind of face it and think about it. And Whereas I mean, if you just didn't talk about it, you can just ignore it and pretend yeah, like it's not I mean, there. If I, if I didn't give a fuck about you, I would just ignore it and we move on. But if I if, <laughs> yeah. I, if I want to suck your dick and I want to suck your dick, <laughs> so because that's something that I want to do, you both know this. Um, just just so you know, at the same time is out. That's just no. not okay. That it's not okay. No. We don't we don't we don't mess around. Oh, boo. Platonic friends. <laughs> My fantasy's just been shattered. <laughs> um. This is really fun, and, and this is a weird this is a weird thing that I'm trying out, and I really I really enjoyed this conversation because I think it shed light on some fears you had, and I'm I'm really thankful that you wanted to sit down the two of you on this on my show and do this. Yeah, well, thank you for bringing the opportunity to us because it's not something that I've ever even thought of or talked about. So I I think you gave us an opportunity to re- talk about it in a safe way and reflect on what it means, like our fears and. And what we think about. So, thank you. I am so glad. How can listeners follow you? The easiest way to get everything about us is on gayishpodcast.com. We've got all of our episodes, our social media, and whatnot is all available there. Yeah. And we can find us on every single thing that plays podcasts. It's called Gayish. Amazing. Uh, (laughs) Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz from Gayish Podcast. Thank you for coming on my what if you were disabled miniseries that I haven't actually titled yet. So <laughs> yeah, you. no problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us be your first wink. Oh, 
Oh yay! You popped my cherry, or I popped your cherry? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cherries were cherry. popped. <laughs> so many uh, cherries. I'm I'm your disabled popper. Is it a thing? Dis- <laughs> <laughs> disabled cherry popper. I'm yeah. down with that. That'll be oh. my new nickname. Hashtag. There you go. There you go. I love it. Thanks, friends. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. As I was listening back to this episode for the edit, one of the things I love the most about this particular show was the palpable discomfort within these discussions and how Mike and Kyle really had to struggle to find ways to connect with what I was asking them and really, but we're really honest and forthcoming. We're not afraid of my questions, but we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And if you listen to, to the episode again, you can hear it in their voices. And you can hear the discomfort, and I love sitting in discomfort with people, especially around disability and queerness, because you get to see, you get to really see the the kind of people they are. And Mike and Kyle were honest about how they felt. They were honest about being afraid of being wheelchair users. They were honest about how they worried that disability might be harder and how their sex might change. They were real about that, and I really appreciated that from them. And I was really glad that they were as forthcoming as they wanted to, and I hope that they know how much it meant for me to have them on and how much it meant for me to have them start this conversation. As I said at the top, I recorded an episode with Jeffrey Masters, which is a completely different take on this experience. Um, And I loved doing episodes like this. And I thank every non-disabled queer person who comes and sits down and wants to have these conversations because they're key, they're important to dismantling ableism and dismantling prejudice within the queer community, um, within all our communities, really. And I'm thankful that I got to have the first set of conversations like this with Mike and Kyle. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back next week with a whole brand new episode. If you want to, again, be a guest, you can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. If you want to do a Minnesota, you can do the same. But let's uh, let's get some more of your experiences in the show. I'd love to include your voice. The show is for you and about you. As a disabled person talking about sex, it's for you. And it is also for non-disabled people to learn shit. And I'm glad I can also do that. So if you are a non-disabled person and you want to just ask me questions about sex, come on the show too. Let's do that. Uh... That's it. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and thank you so much for listening and helping the show go. I really appreciate that you all listen and that you come back every week, and I love doing it, and I love shining a bright light on these topics, so thank you. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com where you'll find my writings, some cool videos I've been in, and you'll see where I've been talking, where I've been doing talks. And if you want to hire me to talk, you can do so there as well. If you want to follow me on the social media, you can put in all my handles on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at TheAndrewGerza. If you want to follow the podcast specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com 
slash disability after dark. This show is a completely independent production. I literally record the show here in my bedroom in Toronto, and that's awesome. So if you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to patreon.com slash disability after dark, and you can pledge $1 a month to get the show early and get really cool perks like that. And I, I will give you a shout out on the air and thank you for your support. It would be super awesome if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast so that this show all about sexuality and disability, something we don't talk about enough, can get more traction and more people can hear about the show. Thanks again and we'll be back next week to shine a bright light on sex and disability. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Sujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019